Well, again, this morning is that type of thing. If you'll open your Bible, put your finger somewhere, we'll get to it before it's over with. And we're going to cover a lot of Scripture. If you didn't get a, a, a note, do we have any more of those? Um, we have two left. Anybody need a note deal? We got one. We need one over here. Miss Becky, thank you. Got it? We need one right here. Canyon needs one. Anybody else need a note deal? What I did was, again, I'm covering a lot of ground, but I just wanted to give you some, some backup stuff, man. Uh, before I get started in this, though, talking about Jesus being the Word and what God intended from the very foundation and what He intended the Word for, which we'll get to, I want to remind the men that you can go online and you can sign up for the men's, uh, the, the, the men's retreat. Uh, we, we might call it something else. Uh, we might call it, uh, what, what, somebody said it the other day, advance. We might call it a men's advance. I like that idea, that thought that we're going to go up into the hills. We're not doing that until October, but we need 60 guys to go. We already had to pay for that in advance. So sign up online. We've already got a bunch of you guys doing that. Also, it's Father's Day. We want to say Happy Father's Day. Uh, if you're a dude and not a father, just a dude, or even if you're not, <laughs> we've got a bunch. Kevin Carney made his famous Kevin Carney barbecue sauce. That's out there in the foyer. We want to give you a gift as you leave. Make sure you grab that, okay? Everybody say okay, and that way I know you're asleep, uh, not asleep. Good. Praise the Lord. We're going to talk about Jesus and the Word being the Word. Um, we also want to kind of tie that in with what we've been talking about. So just to give you a brief overview, we've been talking about uh, the Trinity, you know, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and then you being the priests uh, and ministering your job being creating an atmosphere for the presence. I mean, the whole, the whole, the whole deal was if they, could, if they could usher in the presence, God tried to uh, prepare this place where the presence of the Lord would come, there would be victory and prosperity. And everywhere the Lord went, fire, fire by night and, and, and a cloud by day, everywhere the presence of God went, there was victory and there was abundance and there was prosperity. And it says that about him in, in the Scriptures. And so what he does is, is he goes up, if, if you'll just uh, kind of look at that story when you get home, it's in Exodus and Leviticus, but you know, we all know the story, and that is God goes on to the mountain, you know, he, he, invites, he invites the whole nation of Israel. When you look at Scripture, what you need to understand is when you look at Israel or Mount Zion or whatever, you're talking about the church, the people of God, the covenant people. Who God makes covenant with, He invites them all, and they and they reject Him. Really, they say they were scared, and so they said, "No, Moses, you go, and then you tell us what He says." And so from that time on, the Lord said, "Don't let them touch the, don't even let them touch the base of the mountain, and you come up." And so He goes up, and He gives him the testament. He gives them the Ten Commandments. Now, well, what we don't really relate to that is the Lord says about the Ten Commandments, put the testimony, put the testament in the ark. And what's important about that, and important to understand that, is that what we think of when we think of the Word of God is we think of, we think of rules and regulations. We think of law. You know, this is the law. And, and God did call it the law, but what... what, what what we have to understand is he also called it a testament. 
This is the Old Testament. This is the New Testament. A testament is a, t- a testimony. And when God said, put the testament in the Ark of the Covenant, it was the first time that that word had ever been used. He said, I want you to put this testament in the Ark. And what he was saying is, I've got this two-part word, this, this relationship and this responsibility that I wrote down for you that I want you to put that in the ark. And when you put down that testament, that, 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 that idea of and that um, ability to have relationship, that ability to, to uh, have responsibility in that relationship, um, when you see what all that matters, you put that in the ark. You do those things, and my presence is coming. He's always said that. And the whole intent always, even of the Ten Commandments, was to show you who he was. It's almost like, you know, you, it's a dating process. You know, you date somebody, I guess, <laughs> to get to know them. You know, you want to see if they're covenant worthy. Somebody say amen. Amen. I want to find out if this person is covenant worthy or not. And so you, you start discovering their character and their nature and their attributes, right? And you go, they got good character. They don't have good character. They got, you know, whatever. You come, you come to a conclusion. When we, we sing, God is so good, it's who he is. It's not what he chooses to be. It's not this choice of character. He doesn't have the ability to do anything but that. He cannot sin. He didn't choose not to sin. It's not in his nature. It's not in his character. He cannot because it's not part of who he is. And so what he did is he began that testament, and he said, if you'll, if you'll understand this testament and you'll align yourself with it, my presence will come. I mean, I love the song that Christine sang, but if you'll notice, she's saying, I've decided to surrender, and I've decided to agree with you, and so I know your presence is going to come. There, there, it, it's not the other way around. You know, even in the prodigal son story, even in the prodigal son story, the father's always looking for agreement. His his eyes are on the horizon for agreement. And as soon as he sees agreement, he runs to it. There's a a picture of that in Scripture everywhere. And and what we try to do sometimes in in religious circles and and in theology, we we really try to, I mean, I just think sometimes we make it really, really hard. And so today, my goal, I hope I don't simplify this so much you're bored to tears. But I want to make this really simple. What God was trying to do was reveal himself to you. He has the desire to show you who he is. He did that with his word. So everything in this book is not a set of rule and regulations. It is a photograph. It is a, it is a picture. It is, it is a diary. It is a testimony. It is a testament of the nature and the character of God. 
He's trying to reveal that to you so that you can, you can come into covenant with him so you can be like him. And the reason he wants you to come into covenant with him is because he's good and he wants good for you. He wants you to prosper and he wants you to have victory. And, and where that happens is when his presence comes. And so this is what he says from the very beginning where there's agreement with my testimony, there's my presence. My presence is. When you agree with my word, my testament, I'll be there. You know, if you look at Scripture, everywhere in Scripture it says, if you do this, then I'll do this. If you do this, I'll do this. There's, there's not, uh, just, just Old Testament, New Testament, revelation in every aspect of Scripture. He says to you and me, if you'll put this word on your heart, if you'll put my testimony, the testimony of my character and nature, if you'll put that on your heart, if you'll keep that in your mind's eye and be careful to to emulate it, you will make your way prosperous. Amen. I had a testimony on Monday night. There was a I, um, there was a couple of testimonies. So, uh, but the one particular one I'm thinking about, they were they were saying, you know, they they've been a Christian for a long time, but they got baptized in the Holy Spirit the first of the year. And their description was this. Their description was. You know, I used to be in captivity and things used to be hard to break out of, but now I'm in this current in, that, that has me in the Word and I can't not read the Word. I've got, I mean, I'm driven. It is consuming me. It's, I, it's, it's as if I can't not do it. And I was like, wow, that's pretty good. That sounds like power. And Jesus says, Jesus says, wait, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you power to, to be able to, to do. And, and so oftentimes what we try to do is we try to align with God without, without his presence. And, and, and we're going to see what Jesus says about us in a little bit is that we are now the ark. You don't have to worry about finding the ark in Turkey on a mountain somewhere frozen underneath a glacier. There's a hundred of them in the room. There's a hundred arcs in the room because he says that his presence, his Holy Spirit is going to come. Jesus says this about himself. Listen, I am the word and I become flesh. My whole job is to reveal the character and the nature of the Father. I am he, he, and he is me. We are one. We, what he does, I do. What he says, I say. I am the visible image of the invisible God. For what? So that we can know him. And he says this, this is eternal life, that you know God and his son, Jesus. So, so even Jesus is trying to, in his leadership, is to reveal to the church the nature and the character of the Father. The whole purpose is that. And God's design and desire is that you would covet, that you would desire, that you would have a passion and a pursuit of the nature of the one who loves you. 
that you would love him so much that you would, you would be so about him that you would desire to be like him. You know what I mean? That he would be your hero. That you would try to emulate him. And so to emulate something, you actually have to know something. You know, you, you become what you hang out with. So be careful who you hang out with. You never heard your mama tell you that, have you? Be careful who you hang out with, son. You become like who you hang out with. And that's the true statement. Now, if we hang out with God, though, we become like him as well. And that, friends, is the gospel. And it doesn't get any harder than that. But to get the church to read the word of God is like pulling teeth without Novocaine. And I'm talking about that on Father's Day. Because fathers are the worst. This book looks thick to them. This is not a man-sized book. <laughs> Messing with you now. That's my job. Y'all pay me to do that. <laughs> he says, I just want you to know me. And I just want you to want to be like me. You see, I can't make you be like God. I can't make you want to be like God. You have to choose to be like God. And that's called sonship. That's called those who choose to be like God are called sons and daughters of God. He says, those who choose to be like me, in other words, those who hear my word and be, are careful to do what it says, they are my friends. They are part of me. They, they're, they're in the vine. And he's looking for people who will do that. And so if you'll begin to look at this, it's not this intellectual, educational burden that you have to go through every day. If you'll look at it as a revelation of the Lord, just maybe it will give you a desire to learn more about God. And so this morning as we look at that and we look at the intent of the testament that was even in the ark, in the, in, the, in the proclamation, Jesus says, I'm the word and I become flesh and I am the you know, visible image of an invisible God. And he also says, he goes, we talked about this, Stephen did in the first service. He said, the Holy Spirit's going to come. He's going to give you power. But the biggest thing he's going to do, he's going to remind you who I am. He's going to remind you what I said. People say, I want to know the will of God. But they're not willing to read the Bible. And you have no ability, even if you're born again, even if the Spirit of God lives in you, you have no ability to do kingdom because you don't know it. The Spirit of God's like silent. You say, I don't hear God ever. You ever in the Word? Eh, not really. And the Spirit's saying, I ain't got nothing to give you because all I'm going to do is reveal the Word to you. Which is the revelation of the Father. And, that, you know, that's, that's not really oversimplified. 
but it, it is. You know, we serve this complicated God. And we, and, and we have a culture that really wants to understand Him intellectually. You know, I really want to understand God. I want to understand Him. Just <laughs> I remember looking at all those created things. I went camping a couple of nights this week in a beautiful area. And you, you see all kind of bugs. You think, God, you think of all these bugs? This is a pretty cool looking bugs. I mean, some bugs are pretty cool looking. You go, look at that bug. That is an ugly bug. <laughs> but he has all these integral things that are doing all this stuff, you know, and he's smelling with his antennas or whatever he's doing. He's getting all the senses and stuff. You go, wow, look. And then sometimes you see little eyeballs on the end of those things. You go, man, that's a weird looking bug. And you know that out of those eyeballs, now that little stem is a nervous system that actually goes to some kind of brain in that bug. And that bug can actually see through those little eyeballs. And there was a God who created that. He thought that mess up. And you think you can understand him. How? You're not that smart. You can't think up stuff like that. You're creative, but come on. You know, every person in this room has a different set of DNA. There's nobody in here like you. You don't have a fingerprint like anybody in the room. Nobody has ever had a fingerprint like you. You're the only one of you that will ever be. But what blows my mind is not only God thought about you before the foundation of the world, and there will never be another one like you, he gave the mathematical code that could actually put you together. He designed the mathematical code to bring your DNA together to create you. And in you, you are governed by the DNA of your parents. And those same nervous system pathways that your parents use, you use. That's why you think the way you do. And unless you transform the neurological pathways in your brain by the word of God, you're going to be like your mama and your daddy. And that's how you break different things, different ways of thinking, and align yourself in agreement with the Word of God, they have proven that it actually changed the neurological pathways of the brain. And we want to understand that God designed that from chaos before we serve Him. Really? We want to understand that God like that before. In other words, we want to be equal with God before we declare that he's God. Isn't that wild? God says, that's not the way it works. How it works is, here's who I am. Know me. Get to know me. Want to be like me. And if that's your heart, and if that's, the, if that's the pathway you're on, my presence comes. Because you're the ark. And wherever you go and the presence goes, there's victory, prosperity. And healing. 
provision, safety. So, on Father's Day, with all the different fathers we've had, <laughs> we've all had some wildfires. I, 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 did a, I did a wedding ceremony for a couple, man and woman, who, who she was, lived a lesbian lifestyle from 17 to about 30. And the reason she did is she had an absent father. And her mother died, and the only thing that she, she had at the time as a 16-year-old girl was this, was this friend who was a lesbian. And, and, she, and, and she, she went to her for nurturing and ended up in a lifestyle like that until she was 30 years old. And it was all born out of the fact that she didn't have a father when her mother died. There was another young lady that, that, that I know of that, that her, her firstborn child's also her sister. That'll mess you up. So, so I know that there's some messed up fatherly images. But I told Stephen earlier... I'll pick out Richard, <laughs> pick out Bob. Bob and Margie have been good fathers for a long time. But as good as they are, and we'll step back up here, Alan, as good as they are, they are messed up. I love you, Bob, but you are dysfunctional. <laughs> I love you, Richard, but you're dysfunctional. I w went camping with Robert Bretton. And we were talking about Nathan, and he's, you know, he's got a lot of decisions going on, a lot of stuff going on in his life. And we're talking about, you know, his boys, Canyon and Caleb and, and Naomi, you know, just praying for our families. And Robert looked at me and said, you know, that's hard for Nathan. I said, well, you think it's hard for Nathan? It's a heck of a lot more harder for Canyon. <laughs> Why? Because we're dysfunctional. We try to do good. And we're trying to grow our kids in a, in a good way, but we're not perfect. And so no matter how good, Bob, you're probably the closest thing to perfect that there is besides Mary Poppins. I'm pretty sure of that. But, <laughs> but even in that, we have to get over our dysfunction, don't we? And the only way to get over our dysfunction is, is to understand that we serve a good God that's perfect that wants us to prosper. And we, and we have to know that everybody is dysfunctional. Right. Nobody has a perfect family. Everybody has a dysfunctional father figure because he has imperfection. But some is more extreme than others. So all I'm saying by that is no matter what your fatherly vision is, there's a God who loves you, who wants to help redeem that picture you have in your heart about what a father is. Yeah? And so let's look at what he says he is. Hmm. This is, I just, all that was introduction, y'all. That was introduction. Yeah. God says about himself, I am El Shaddai. I am God Almighty. I am the Almighty God. He said, I am the God of your father Abraham. He said, do not be afraid, for I am with you and will bless you. Say that with me. I am with you and will bless you. Now, it's important that we recognize that he, he identified himself as the father of Abraham. 
and the God of Abraham. We'll see that in just a minute. He also says, I am the Lord who heals you. He says, I am a merciful God. He says, I am Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. I'm slow to anger and I'm filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. Vast your Father, your Father God. He is the sovereign Lord. Therefore, sovereign means, sovereign means if, if, if you own your house and the bank doesn't, you are sovereign over that land. You, 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 the, you own that place. Can't, can't nobody do anything with that other than the U.S. government. And they can, what is that? Something domain, what is it? Yeah, in, 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 yeah eminent domain. That's, I'm not telling you what that sounds like. My mind goes crazy on all that kind of stuff. But anyway, so you, you own that thing. You have, this, is what, this is what I say about God. Nothing exists that I don't have authority over. I'm sovereign over everything. I'm sovereign Lord. Therefore, the sovereign Lord says this. Look, I am placing a fountain stone, a foundation stone in Jerusalem. Talking about Jesus, a firm and tested stone. It is a precious cornerstone that is safe to build on. Whoever believes need not be shaken. He's, he's, he's the sovereign God who's providing a way. And you can build your house on the way. He is the God who is with you always. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. He's always with you. Jesus said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. He is with you. He's also a father that does not share his praise. I love this. You need to hear this in this time. I'm the Lord. That's my name. I will not give my glory to anyone else, nor share my praise with carved idols. Our Father is also our Savior. I, yes, I am the Lord, and there is no other Savior. First I predicted your rescue, then I saved you. <laughs> First I said I was going to do it, and then I did it. And proclaimed it to the world. No foreign God has ever done this. You are witnesses that I am the only God, says the Lord. <laughs> so he's the God. He's the Father that no one can undo what he's done. From eternity to eternity, I am God. No one can snatch anyone out of my hand. No one can undo what I have done. He's our creator. He's our redeemer. That's what he says about himself. This is what the Lord says. Your redeemer and creator. I am the Lord who made all things. I alone stretched out the heavens. Who was with me when I made the earth? The question is nobody. He asked Job. Job was getting kind of arrogant and cocky toward God. And he said to Job in my own words, where were you when I created the universe, big boy? Where were you? 
I mean, if you got everything figured out, where were you? In that same realm, and even though that is true, that he created all things, he also is the one who comforts us. I, yes, I, the one who comforts you. So why are you afraid of mere humans who wither like the grass and disappear? I am God who is near, says the Lord. I'm also a God who is far away. No one can hide where I cannot see them, says the Lord. I feel all of heaven and I also feel all of earth, says the Lord. He's the Father who makes things happen. For I'm the Lord, if I say it, it will happen. I'm the God, I'm the Father that never changes. You can count on me because I'll never change. I'm the Lord and I do not change. Malachi 3, 6. He also says in Hebrews 13, 6 or 13, 8, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. You can trust him. You can count on him. He never changes. He also says, I'm the father of your future. Jesus said, I am. And in the future, you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of God and the powerful one coming on the clouds in the sky. He's also Messiah. I, the one talking to you, am Messiah, Jesus said. He's the bread of life. He gives life. He says in John 6, 48, I am the bread that gives life. He's the light of the world. The person who follows me will never live in darkness, but will have the light that gives life. This is who he is. He is the truth. I'll tell you the truth. Before Abraham was born, ever born, I am. Jesus said that. That's amazingly good. Because the Father, that's why I said, you remember, God, the Father says, I'm the father of Abraham. And Jesus said, you know, before Abraham ever was, I, I was. I was there. I was there. I'm the image of the invisible God. Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me have life even if they die. He says, I'm the way and the truth and the life. I, I am the way. If you've ever got a question, if you ever have a, have a direction need, Jesus is the way. Amen. Jesus' word will give you the character and nature that you need to make the right decision. He says, he says, you have all the wisdom you need. You'll see that in a minute. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Believe me when I say that Jesus says, I am in the Father and the Father's in me. You can either believe that or you can just believe the evidence of the glory of God by the miracles that I've done, Jesus says. The Lord God says, I am the, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I'm the one who is and was and is coming. I am the Almighty. 26, I am the one who lives. I was dead, but look, I am alive forever and ever. I, I am coming soon. Continue strong in your faith so, you, so no one will take away your crown. 
The one who was sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. He's the one who makes everything new. Then he said, write this, because these words are true and can be trusted. Jesus, the one who says these things are, are true, says, yes, I'm coming soon. And we say, come, Lord Jesus. Number 30, I put this in here because it's, it's so beautiful. If you obey my decrees and my regulations, you will find life through them because I am the Lord. You know, these decrees are revealing the nature and the character of God. And so if all those things are true about the Father, and this is just some. I just grabbed some. These are just some. And we're in this Father relationship, and we understand that the Word is relationship, but it also has responsibility attached. In other words, it is revealing the nature and character of God, but, but, but it doesn't have the ability to produce what God wants to produce unless we agree with it, unless we begin to do what it says. Because that's coming into agreement with God. And so if we, if we understand that this is a relationship aspect and we see that this is what the Father says about us, let's look at, I mean, what he says about himself, let's look what he says about you. He says about you that you are a child of God. But to all who have received him, those who believe in his name, he has given the right to become God's children. He says, Jesus says about himself, I'm the branch of the true vine and a conduit of Christ's life. I'm the true vine. My father's the gardener. I'm the vine. And we, you and me, are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him, they bear much fruit. My presence bears fruit because apart from me, you can accomplish nothing. He says about you and me that we are friends of Jesus. I no longer call you slaves because the slave doesn't understand what the master is doing. But I've called you friends because I have revealed to you everything I heard my father say. It's the word. He's revealing everything the father said. He says about you and me that we have been justified and redeemed. That our old self was crucified with Christ. I'm no longer a slave to sin. He says, I will not be condemned by God. He says about you and me, if we are believers, if we're sons and daughters, we won't be condemned. That is an image shift for the church. The church looks at God at this, this God whose sole purpose is to condemn. Matter of fact, he's almost on the hunt of how he can condemn or how he can correct and punish. It's almost like he gets joy out of punishment. It's that image that we have of God so oftentimes. And God is not like that. Let me just tell you what God's like. Based on what I gather from Scripture, this is more God than, I caught you, gotcha. <laughs> saw that. I saw that. You thought you were sneaking that by me, didn't you? No, no, no. I'm sovereign. I go everywhere. Gotcha. Gotcha. You're going to pay for that. That's going to cost you. That's our image. And that's not, that's not the image of God. Father says, oh, my child, 
That thing that's causing you to choose that, I'm jealous of that thing. I'm jealous of that thing. I don't want you to do that. Because it's going to cause you harm. And you're choosing it. And, it, and it's going to hurt you. And it's going to cause you to have to, have to go through things that I, I don't want you to go through. Because it's going to be painful. So please, 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 if you'll just choose my way, if you'll just agree with me, if you'll gather my nature, if you'll understand that I am wisdom, and you'll agree with that, you won't have to go through that. Please, children, choose me. But if you don't, I'll always be looking for the day that you do. And then... I'll be glad to come running to you to help you. That's God. There's a major difference in those two things. He says about you and me, I have set you free. I have set you free from sin. I've set you free from death. As a child of God, he says about you and me, <laughs> get a hold of it now, that we are fellow heirs with Christ. That I'm no longer a slave, I'm a child, and I'm an heir. <laughs> Golly. In Christ, I have wisdom, righteousness, and redemption. My body's the temple of the Holy Spirit. He dwells with me. I'm an ark. I'm the ark. Come on. The presence of the Lord dwells here. I'm joined to the Lord, and I'm one spirit with him. That's what it says. Let, let, let me read it. But the one united with the Lord is one spirit with him. God leaves me in the triumph over the knowledge of, uh, and the knowledge of Christ. He leaves me in triumph and the knowledge of Christ. I become the righteousness of God. I am the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus. Come on. He says that. That is not prideful or braggadocious. That is who God says I am and you are. I've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. They're already given to me. I may not be walking in them yet, but the only reason I'm not walking in them yet is because I haven't got the revelation of who the Father is and agreed with him on it yet. If I do and when I do, those, those heavenly blessings will be poured out on me. Because <laughs> that's who he is. He can't not do that. He says, I'm chosen, I'm holy, I'm set apart for him, and I'm blameless before God. He says about me and you that we're redeemed, forgiven by the grace of Christ. We've been, we've been bought. We are predestined by God to obtain an inheritance. We have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. I'm seated. <laughs> You don't need to get this. I don't know if you are or not. I'm not sure. Anybody getting it besides me? I'm about to get excited. <laughs> we are seated in the heavenly places with Christ. And he raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I am God's workmanship. You are God's workmanship created to produce 
good works. You have been bought, brought near to God by the blood of Jesus. You are near to God. We are a member of Christ's body and a partaker of his promises. We have boldness and confidence to be able to come to the throne of the creator God. We are righteous and holy. We once were in darkness, but now we're not. We're in the light of God. We are a citizen of heaven. The peace of God guards my heart and mind. I've been made complete in Christ. I've been raised up with Christ. Christ is my life, and I will be revealed with him in glory. I've been chosen of God, and I'm a holy and beloved. God loves me, and he chose me. So on Father's Day, I just wanted to bring a simple message that said this. This is the revelation and the nature and the testimony of our God. And all he wants us to do is just to get to know him. And desire in our hearts to want to be like him. Now the question is, on your value system of life, where is that? Where is that? How well and how much effort are you doing to get to know your God? You know, you've got to put effort in marriage. You've got to put effort in at work. You also have to get, put effort in knowing God. He's pretty big. You've got a lifetime to get to know him, and you're not going to touch the surface. And he said, hey, everything about prosperity and victory in your life here on earth depends on how well you know me. And the better you know me, the more victory you're going to have. And so the challenge today is, is to not leave here and just say, oh, that was a good message. Really good, man. I, boy, I feel better about myself. That's good. I feel better about God, and I feel good about myself. I hope it does that. But I hope it changes the priority number on which you put in your day-to-day -day activities of getting to know the Father. Amen. On Father's Day, what a good day to turn the tables and say, God, Father, not only do I love you, not only do I think you're amazing, I want to know you better. Amen. I want to know you better. And I want to be like you. You're my hero. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you for a group of people who I know are pursuing you. I'm challenged. I know they are. And I just ask you as we leave this place, God, that, that we would put feet to this message. You know, I can't make them do anything, Lord. I can't make, the only person I can make do anything, I can change my own heart. They can change their own heart. And when we change our heart towards you, God, it changes our destiny. Father, I want to change my destiny today. And I want the destiny that you prepared for me before the foundation of the world. And that know that that depends on me knowing you. And so, Father, I'm asking you, 
just like the testimony that I have a passion for your word, that I get caught up in a river, that I cannot get enough of your word, God, because it reveals who you are. Help me do that this week. Help me change my habits in Jesus' name. Anybody said? Amen. Amen. Amen.